Pregnancy is a time of growing new life and of dramatic change in a woman's body. It is also a common time of aches and pains for the pregnant mother. But does it have to be? Are the common complaints of back and pelvic pain and other common pregnancy discomforts treatable? How can physical therapy help an expecting mother? I'm Destiny Boshinsky, a doctor of physical therapy at Scripps Outpatient Clinic in Encinitas. And today we'll explore how physical therapy can help promote a more comfortable pregnancy for you. This is Preggy Pals, episode 77. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got kinkles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting live from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Would you like bonus content after each show, great giveaways, and discounts? Then join our Preggy Pals Club. You'll also get a free subscription to Pregnancy Magazine. See our website, preggypals.com, for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. If you don't live in San Diego, but you want to be a panelist on our show, you still can be. You can participate through our virtual panelist program. Our Preggy Pals producer, Stephanie, is here to tell us more about it today. Hi. Okay, so we just want you to like our Preggy Pals Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. And when you use Twitter, please use the hashtag PreggyPalsVP. We will be posting sneak preview questions on Facebook and Twitter uh, about the week before we record our shows. And we'd love to have your input. For more information, you can go to PreggyPals.com under the Community tab, and you'll find Be a Virtual Panelist for more information. Great. Thanks, Steph. Well, today for our panelists, we have Sunny and myself and Stephanie uh, and our uh, expert panelists for today, Destiny Bashinsky. Thank you for being here today. So let's go around and just to introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Annie Laird. Uh, I'm going to be taking over at the uh, beginning of the year once my baby is born and Sunny's babies are born. So uh, we're, I'm going to be taking over hosting duties on Preggy Pals from Sunny. I'm very excited about it. I'm so. excited too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to pass the torch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sunny's going to be still involved as she'll go yes. into with uh, New Mommy Media uh, as uh, the business person i just get to sit here and do what i do best which is talk a lot so and then uh, facilitate discussions which uh which i think i'm, I'm really gonna enjoy so we're starting here before the babies come uh yes. to just get get me into that so uh, again my name is annie laird i'm 35 uh, occupation my day job is a government contractor uh, my due date for my it's my third baby is kind of mid-october-ish we don't know the gender of the baby we're gonna find out then i have two other children two daughters uh my eight-year-old clara and my one-year-old Lucy and planning a home birth. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm Sunny, um, and I just get to sit back and be a panelist today on the show. So excited. Um, I am 35 years old. Uh, I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Preggy Pals, Parent Savers, The Boob Group, and coming in January, Twin Talks, which is all about twins. And the reason we're launching this show is because I am pregnant with twins, and there's not enough information online (laughs) about being pregnant and raising twins. So we're hoping to change that. I have two little boys at home, Sayer, who is 
just over three years old, Urban, who's about to be 17 months, and again, pregnant with identical twin girls, so I get the other side, the other side of the gender here now. Two boys and two girls, and then we're done. We're done having babies after this. Um, And these babies are going to be born via cesarean due to some complications I had um, with my first baby, and um, real excited about it. The C-section date has been scheduled for December 2nd, which puts me at about 38 weeks, so fingers crossed. Everything's going really well with the pregnancy. Um, Babies look great. They're at about the 51-52 percentage mark for twins at this age, Um, but they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing, and so I'm hoping that I can hold out as long as possible. Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I am 30, and uh, let's see. I'm a producer for Preggy Pals, and I have a baby girl at home. She is eight and a half months old. Really am looking forward to this episode because I wish I had looked into physical therapy (laughs) during my pregnancy with her. Before we start today's show, we have sometimes uh, on uh, Preggy Pals, we go through different news articles of interest. This is a a recent news article that just came out here uh, in the past week. And the title of the article is Drinking Milk in Pregnancy May Lead to Taller Children. So it's based on this. <laughs> so I love it. Exactly. And that's what I need in my family because I'm 5'9", my husband's 6'3". <laughs> so, you know, we need to really have some giants in our family. <laughs> so this study apparently shows how we can further do that. So I can contribute to my basketball team uh, height of children that I have. So, uh, but anyway, so this this study, it's a, a very long-term study. It was over 20 years. Uh, oh and Gosh. Right, and, and it was in uh, Denmark, and they followed 685 mother and child pairs, and it, they tracked the the mother's milk consumption when she was pregnant. So most of these moms drank low fat milk, and they, it was only five ounces a day, so very small amounts. Uh, you know, and we can talk about that here. You know, just I know that at least in my first pregnancy, I was encouraged to drink a lot of milk. I mean, right. more than five ounces a day. What they found was that these mothers who drank just five ounces a day had bigger babies on average. And then they tracked them up to age 20 and found that the children were on average almost a half inch taller. And this was taking into account, you know, family history and um, all these other type of nature versus nurture. So, mm-hmm. you know, tall parents, uh, you know, are naturally going to have taller children. But the, what they're saying here is that even taking into account all of that, mothers that drank more milk during pregnancy had taller babies and, and bigger, I'm sorry, taller children and, and bigger babies at birth so yeah Uh, what what do you guys think about that well okay a half inch that's kind of negligible isn't it i mean that's a little yeah you know it's not like you're talking like hey you're gonna be six inches taller exactly is that really statistically (laughs) significant i don't know but um i am lactose intolerant (laughs) but when i was pregnant i was not and i drank so much milk Mm -hmm. like that was did you crave it yes yeah i wanted it i well Hmm chocolate milk <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> milk is milk right it's like um, a candy bar but it's healthy yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so and i think that's interesting i mean my daughter was seven pounds 11 ounces oh so very average size baby so, yeah. yeah she wasn't small or anything right so and she was born in five days before her due date so yeah yeah Sunny, what I'm knowing you don't have you know children up to the age of twenty right. yet. 
<laughs> you know, maybe when Preggy Pals and Yummy Media is going on second right, decade, you can, right. we can talk about this and bring this article back up. But I mean, what did you find as far as uh, the size of your babies, of your of your boys? Um, they were actually pretty big. Um, my first was really big. He was born nine pounds, two ounces. Yeah, and I guess I should ask, what was your milk yeah. consumption? Like, did you find average? That you, yeah. I'm, I'm not like a huge milk drinker, um, but during pregnancy, I do get milk cravings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of drink whenever whenever I can. See, I do for me, find that's myself- ice cream, but that's a little bit different. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, ben like and Jerry too. were my friends. <laughs> I like that, too. And I do like this study. Like, you know, the women in my family are shorter. And like I said, I'm pregnant with girls this time. So I feel like they're at a slight disadvantage. <laughs> I'm 5'4 if I stretch in the morning. And um, I, I feel like, you know, my whole thing, my whole life, I have a background in entertaining. And I always wanted to be a Radio City Rocket. And you have to be f- five foot six inches to be a Rocket. Yeah. So um, I was kind of like doomed. Like there was no way I was ever going to be a Rocket. So maybe if I drink more milk, maybe my girls. Your mom should have drank more milk. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, a little too late for that. But maybe for my girls, you know, maybe they can be Radio City Rockettes if I just drink a little bit more milk. Well, you know what's so interesting? Because for my first pregnancy, I drank a lot of milk. I mean, and I didn't even like milk. Unlike you two, I didn't have those milk cravings. It was I had to have to. I would I would chug it like you know I was in college you know like chugging a beer except it was milk <laughs> and I, I didn't really enjoy the process yeah. um, and my first daughter when she was born she was ten pounds four ounces oh my gosh so it was interesting in talking with my midwife I said I know that I can push through my pelvis a ten pound plus baby yeah but let's try and not do that again <laughs> so please what can I do and she mentioned the milk drinking she said uh, um, it's not mentioned in the article but what my midwife said was that milk. Uh, basically converts over into sugar and that basically contributes to the larger weight of the baby and so it was so interesting so I was like awesome an excuse not to drink milk great I'll get (laughs) calcium from other sources and I did Uh, second daughter was born and she was almost two pounds less Wow. So, yeah, very and interesting. And they were both girls, so, you know, both same girls. gender. Okay. Mm-hmm, both girls, uh, same same gender. I mean, one was 41 weeks, the other one a little past the due date. So, yeah. not terribly, you know, before the before the due date. Mm-hmm. So, I really attribute it to just different nutrition, uh, right. but to specifically the milk drinking. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Today on Preggy Pals, we're discussing how to manage pregnancy discomfort. Now, this is a new series uh, here in San Diego uh, and and throughout the nation. Women are interested on how do I manage just some of these common pregnancy discomforts in a more natural way. And so today, what we're looking at at the start of our new series, using physical therapy. Our expert today is Destiny Boshinsky, and she's a doctor of physical therapy. Destiny, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Destiny, what are some of the common conditions that you see prenatally that women come to you for physical therapy? Well, of course, I see a lot of back pain Mm -hmm. um, and pelvic girdle pain, which can be anything from um, sacroiliac joint pain, coccyx pain, pubic symphysis pain, groin pain. Check, Um, check, check. (laughs) (laughs) As you're going through this, I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, All of the above. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> Anything from the waist to the knee, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, sciatica, a lot of people experience as their pelvises expand and muscles stretch, get stretched their, uh, their limits, then they can start compressing nerves. And so um, sciatica is just one of the nerve entrapment syndromes that we kind of call mm-hmm. them um, that people can get. Um, a urinary incontinence. Um, I don't. I see less of that during pregnancy. I think mostly because people don't necessarily talk about it as much to their providers as they do the pain. And it's um, well, it's considered like the popular thing to do. I know of like uh, comparing all the aches and pains, and so th- mm-hmm. you, definitely those are the ones I think within my mommy groups of like, oh my back, you know, oh my yes. my sciatica, you know, uh-huh. all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I do and I do get some women with um, with abdominal diastasis. These isn't usually like the the prim- primary thing that they come to me for when they're pregnant, but it can definitely be a contributor to discomfort and a lot of a lot of tension and discomfort in the front of the abdomen. Right. And you touched on it a little bit. So what are, I mean, what causes all, all these uh, pregnant, you know, all, all these discomforts? Obviously, you're pregnant, but like what what physically in the body is going on that makes that happen? So there's a lot of hormonal changes that um, contribute to a lot of different things. So uh, the, one of the big things is laxity, is joint laxity mm-hmm. and weight gain. Uh, as your your relaxin levels uh, are what contribute to loosening up the pelvis, the pelvic joint and the ligaments, and it's but it's not limited just to the pelvis; it's everywhere. So mm-hmm. your back, your knees, your ankles, your uh, wrists, uh, everywhere um, gets a little bit looser. And that actually that those levels actually rise and they peak in the first trimester at, at 12 weeks. So people can start feeling discomfort from laxity early on. Mm-hmm. And then the more weight you gain, the more stress there is on your joints. So you've got this combination of um, looser joints with increased stress through them, right. which can create a lot of discomfort and stress and strain through them. Um, then you've got all the postural changes that happen when you're getting this big belly and big in other places. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that sh- the, those shifting, our muscles aren't really prepared necessarily all the time for that, for that shifting. Mm-hmm. So it can put more strain on our muscles and joints. Um, the baby's position can actually have an impact. As the baby's growing and, and moving and your uterus enlarges, the, the ligaments that attach the uterus to the spine and the pelvis start stretching and pulling. Mm-hmm. And then the baby's position can have an impact on uh, discomfort in the back or the pelvis. Right. Um, and activity levels. Um, along with pregnancy symptoms. A lot of people have a hard time, a harder time during the first trimester exercising. So because you're sick all the time, you feel exhausted. Um, so during that first three months, sometimes if you're not exercising as much, you can get a little bit weaker. Right. And you're not in as great a shape as you were previously mm-hmm. before getting pregnant. So that also contributes. Um, it, uh, people who are like profusely vomiting all the time also, I mean, that can put a big strain on your neck and back and and pelvic floor, just the pressure and of vomiting mm-hmm. quite frequently. Yeah. And of course, swelling. I mean. Yeah. Well, Sunny, <laughs> and, and Sunny, I wanted to ask you because, you know, you've had two singleton pregnancies mm-hmm. and now that you've, um, having your twin pregnancy, have you noticed a difference with your pregnancy discomforts, all these things that Destiny is talking about here? Uh, have you noticed um, more aggravated uh, symptoms here or more yeah. conditions? Yeah, for sure. And everything's just earlier. You know, mm-hmm. stuff that I would normally experience in my third trimester was early second trimester. Um, the first thing I noticed was, you know, along with my little waddle that I started to get <laughs> early second trimester was just like a, a pain. It was a sharp pain as I was walking and I was told that it had it had something to do. I, I don't know if they're ligaments. I don't know if I'm using the correct terminology, Destiny, but something that you know it felt like 
you know, my, my perinatologist was trying to tell me that when you, when you walk, it's like, you know, it's kind of like a seesaw, like, you know, back and forth. And um, it was just tugging on something. And so I would get these sharp pains. And again, this was, this is pretty early on in, in my second trimester. That's the first thing I noticed. But I just feel like everything is more aggravated earlier on, which actually wor- really worries me. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm just now at the start of the third trimester. And it's like, I don't know what to expect past this point, because this is where I usually am right when I'm ready to give right birth. Right at the end, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. good, oh my gosh. You know, there was one thing that I was going to ask you, Destiny. One thing that I, I struggle with, um, and I seem to notice it when I'm trying to get out of bed, so I'm, I'm exerting a lot more, I know, when that happens. But I'll go to get out of bed, and I will notice, like, this sharp pain in the pubic area. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what that could be caused from, and is there anything that, you know, can be done is there anything I should be doing to correct is it, that? Is it right in the center? Like right it at like your pubic? It feels like it's on the side, actually. On side. Yeah. Like more kind of toward your groin yeah. in the pubic? Yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's a ligament called the round ligament that can create a lot of uh, groin and pubic area pain that can, uh, connects the uterus. Um, okay. Uh, in the in the labial region, and that can get really pulled taut, and it's it can be really uncomfortable turning over in bed, yeah. getting up from a chair. So sometimes you know you see the, the typical pregnant woman like struggling to get up and pushing <laughs> and like oh oh oh, oh. okay right. that's like r- uh, round ligament pain okay. can be really common with that. Um, and there's there's a lot of different strategies we can use to help. Uh, mitigate or eliminate and minimize the pain when you're when you're transferring and moving around that kind of mm-hmm. thing um but there's just so many ligaments involved right there that right. that's and it also i mean if it's central it's like right in the center the pubic symphysis where the two sides of the pelvis join in the front those can separate that in fact the, one of the jobs of relaxing is to help those separate from when you have the baby so mm-hmm. allow the baby to pass through when those separate they can start shifting and becoming a little less stable and that can create pain Especially when you're rolling over or standing on one leg, walking, that kind of thing. Well, and that's my next question, too, is so you're pregnant and you're dealing with all these pregnancy discomforts and then the birth happens. Mm-hmm. What what do you see, uh, you know, women postpartum for? What are the kind of common complaints or issues that they're dealing with? So any of the other things that we've talking about, been talking about uh, this far um, can continue postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um People don't have the ligament pain as much. I mean, that goes away because your uterus is returning back to its normal size and right. position and shape. From the watermelon to the pear. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so you don't get those internal things quite as much. Uh, but th- it depends on what kind of labor and delivery you had. I mm-hmm. mean, if you had if you had significant tearing or um, some women have separation of the pelvis in the later stages of pregnancy, things don't just rebound right back to where they were. It takes us time to heal. So um, I can see women for any of the things that we've been talking about pain wise um, in addition to um, pelvic floor pain urinary incontinence fecal incontinence difficulty getting back to having intercourse comfortably mm-hmm. any of those things yeah <laughs> yeah when we come back we'll discuss what's involved with the physical therapy treatment we'll be right back welcome back today we're talking about managing pregnancy discomfort using physical therapy with destiny Bashinsky. now destiny what does a physical therapy treatment involve so a woman comes into your office what what should she be expecting so the first day we do an evaluation it's all into all the treatment is individualized depending on what's going on with her in particular um so we do an evaluation to see what's what's 
most likely causing the pain and discomfort, what things are contributing, and then how, how do we begin treating it. Um, typical treatments can involve manual therapy, which um, involves joint mobilization, massage, tissue work, stretching, th- those sorts of things. Um, uh, I do a lot of taping with my pregnant women, just to first as, as a trial, but for pain relief and positioning. Um, there's a lot of different taping techniques and different kinds of tape that can help with that. Um, bracing, lots of bracing too. Uh, Sunny mentioned earlier, like binders, that there was abdominal binders, there's pregnancy supports, there's uh, pelvic girdle supports, there's a lot of different things that can help with the discomfort and support you. Um, And a lot of education, Mm -hmm. a lot about like how to move, how not to move, what to do, how to modify what you're doing so that you're not aggravating the condition and making it worse as you get further along. Um, How to get, you know, get help essentially, because, you know, when you're having pain, especially early on in a pregnancy, you shouldn't be expected to do it all. Mm-hmm. And I think too often we are. Right. And uh, it's really important that we get get use those resources and get help from our families and friends to, to, to make sure that we take as much load off of our bodies as possible so that they can handle the increasing stresses mm-hmm. um, as, as you get further along. Um, do lots of body mechanics education and training, making sure you're moving well, um, not putting increased load through your low back, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um for my pelvic floor women, I do biofeedback, which is a EMG um, electromyography where I put little sensors on the pelvic floor to make sure the pelvic floor is coordinated and, and contracting correctly and everything. Um, I'll do that prenatally and postpartum, but prenatally m- mainly for women who have incontinence issues, pelvic floor issues, because we can't do an internal right. assessment or treatment and lots of exercise and homework. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the education part of it and it being a lifestyle change oh, yeah. of, you know, it just, it doesn't end when the woman comes in your office and she leaves the office. I guess right. I think physical therapy, I think something from like a Rocky movie where, you know, getting stronger and he's running up the stairs and yeah. it's all about, I think that's, that's what I think a lot of people think with physical therapy yeah. is that you're doing these exercises and you gut through it and it's painful. Right. And yeah, some of it might be, but it, but is physical therapy uh, painful to get? It shouldn't be. You're coming. You're coming to me, especially this time, mm-hmm. for for this kind of issue. You're coming because you have pain. You right. shouldn't be put through more pain. Mm-hmm. Um, in some instances, if you've got like really tight muscles that have been stretched, and we need to work through that, then yeah, that, those can be tender. But I'm not gonna, you know, have you screaming in agony on the table as yeah. I, you know, that's <laughs> uh, not the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> most of it, for the vast majority of it, should be pain relieving and very comfortable, and you should walk away feeling better than you, when you came in. Great. Mm-hmm. Now, is physical therapy during pregnancy? Is it a one-time uh, treatment, or do women come to you multiple times for treatment? It depends. It depends on what they're coming for and what helps them. Sometimes it's as simple as getting the proper bracing and support and s- teaching you body mechanics and sending you on your way. Mm-hmm. And that would just involve a few appointments. Um, if that's successful and you can continue doing that and you know manage the rest of your pregnancy, then great. Um, other times it's kind of an ongoing weekly basis um, to help you manage those. You know, if you say you get like two or three days of relief after your physical therapy therapy appointments, and then things start piling up again because either you can't stop work yet or you have two toddlers at home or you know whatever then then you need to come in regularly so I can help you manage that better Mm -hmm. and give you some more relief so you can do the things that you need to do well good now 
I know a lot of our listeners they're concerned about budgeting for baby, uh, you know, getting getting ready for baby, and all these uh, different things to buy. Um, what's the cost normally involved with physical therapy, and is it covered by insurance generally? Almost uh, most insurances cover physical therapy to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually copay, and those are always on the rise. And coinsurances, <laughs> yeah. it's all it's ever changing. Um, so most of most likely it'll be covered by insurance at least to some degree. It, it's depending if you have an HMO, they might limit to a certain number of visits or something. Right. But yeah. Great. Wonderful. Um, I have a question. So for the yeah. treatment, and it, it may depend on you know what you're trying to treat and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But um, how much of this is stuff that we need to do on our own? Like we go to an appointment and there's you mentioned homework. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh my god, homework. So like I'm <laughs> back in school again. <laughs> how much of this is stuff that we need to do at home versus stuff that's just done in the office? A lot. A lot of homework. Okay. Um, aside from like exercises and positioning and everything, um, the the you're going to learn things that you can carry over into uh, uh, to how you move at mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. Um, that don't seem like homework, but you're gonna you're gonna have to remind yourself to think about it because how we move is a bit has a big impact on how we feel. So um, that's homework, just learning how to do things. But there are exercises. There, there's going to be other things that I give people to do, like you know, get in the pool. Mm-hmm. That's my number one recommendation for pregnant women is get in the pool and um, take the weight off of your body. And and so there's there's definitely um, t- some time juggling and time management, <laughs> especially when you have other kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's more homework. I mean, if you think you're you're in physical therapy for, you know, one to maybe two sessions a week the vast majority of your other time is spent on your own so there's a lot of things that you have to do to manage it okay so destiny uh, i didn't have as much of like the back pain or the pelvic pain uh, in my pregnancy maybe a little bit but nothing you know that i couldn't deal with but Mm -hmm. for me torturous uh carpal tunnel right so apparently i Got have a lot of f- fluids. Fluid. <laughs> <laughs> you were really swollen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't though. That's the thing. I mean, I guess I I was swollen, but I wasn't excessively swollen, not to like a dangerous you know level. But it affected my hands so badly, mm-hmm. and I was. I mean, I was desperate. Like I didn't know what to do, and I ended up not doing anything and just like suffering through it. And I had to leave my job two months early. You know, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't open, you know, a, a, a bottle of water. Right. Like, I had a hard time doing anything. I couldn't do anything that involved tying my shoelaces or anything like that. Um, so is that something that physical therapy can can help? To a certain extent, yeah. It's physical therapists treat carpal tunnel all the time, and occupational therapists treat it as well, um, hand specialists. And usually when they treat non-pregnancy carpal tunnel, it ha- involves, like, it's usually people who have highly repetitive uh, manual jobs. And that was my job too. So Mm -hmm. it definitely played a role, right? It definitely aggravated it, but I never had a problem beforehand. Right. So uh, you, you know, we can't do uh, a ton about the systemic swelling that you're having. I mean, there's, that's something that you talk with your doctor about. um, How do you better manage your swelling and how, how is that um, playing the biggest role? Um, All they said was wear a brace. Okay. Well, that did nothing. It really? made it more uncomfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you have nighttime bracing or anything yeah, like that? I tried, but then I. But I that mean, was worse. As it was, I couldn't sleep, and then to like yeah. sleep like this, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, the, I mean, there's definitely different things that we could try um, as far as treating the carpal tunnel itself and bracing is one of them. Um, manual therapy is one to help release pr- compression in the area, mobilizing the joint so that it gives you a little bit more space and flexibility, even though you are having that um, that swelling in there. Um, and, you know, give it a shot. And see. I mean, it was just amazing, though. Like, as soon as I gave birth, like, my hands Went were away. normal. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I can <laughs> feel my hands are great. Yeah. I was so nervous about delivery, too, because, you know, you always hear, like, you got to grab onto something. And I'm like, right. I'm not going to be able to grab anything. I couldn't hold my husband's hand without it. You know, yeah. I couldn't do anything without it hurting. Yeah, and you can get that in the feet, too. It's called tarsal tunnel. Oh, I've never heard of that. I have How a patient. I, I had a patient who had both. She had carpal oh. tunnel and tarsal tunnel. Like both sides. In pregnancy or in just? In pregnancy. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wheelchair <thing>. or just? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, we also have a comment from one of our Facebook friends. I asked for our Preggy Pals virtual panelist questions. Um, if if any of our Facebook friends had used physical therapy in their pregnancy, how often they used it, and if it was a one-time thing or a continuous therapy. And our friend Melissa said that her hips separated completely during her last pregnancy and she had extreme pain. And she did physical therapy three days a week for three months, but found it was only making the pain worse, so she stopped. And then she roughed it out for the last two months. What do you say for that? There's a wide range of practitioners out there, like any profession. Um, and depending on the condition, there's we can have limited effectiveness. If you and she mentioned hips separating, I, I mean, I don't know what exactly that means if she's referring to her hip joint or her pelvis or where, but. It, there are certain times and conditions when literally, you know, we can't fix things and we just can try to make you comfortable for until you have the baby. And sometimes women just need to have the baby and then things get better. Um, so, you know, without more information, I can't speak directly to that. But there is, um, you know, there's a wide range. And I think there's always going to be naysayers, not saying that she is, but I think there's always going to be people that want like more of a quick fix, honestly, (laughs) as opposed to going through a process. And I I would imagine you would face that a lot, Destiny, in your profession. Especially with all the homework. We are are a instant gratification society. Absolutely. We want a a solution right away. uh, in a previous episode, we talked about chiropractic care. And, uh, you know, I had a, a similar experience, not three months, but, you know, I went to a treatment with one chiropractor and uh, was in a lot of pain. Um, so for me, the solution wasn't, well, let's just drop the chiropractic care. It was, well, let's find a different chiropractor. Right. You know, and so. I and I think it, it, it with that, too, is that if as a practitioner, too, if I'm not making a difference for my patient, I'm not going to keep seeing them. Right. I'm going to say, you know, I, I'm not I'm not being effective for you. You need something else. You need to either see an acupuncturist or a chiropractor or go back to your doctor and, and get something more effective for you. Yeah. This isn't necessarily the treatment for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, any any practitioner within their um who, who's aware of their limitations and everything should be giving that same advice to exactly. people. Good. Well, thanks, Destiny, for joining us today. For more information about Destiny and her practice, as well as information about any of our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the episode, Destiny will share some tips on preventative measures pregnant women should take to avoid some of the common discomforts of pregnancy. To join our club, visit our website, preggypals.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We have a question from one of our listeners, and this comes from Heather. Heather writes to us on our Facebook page. She says, we are pregnant with our first child, and I've heard a lot of good things about these natural organic toys that you can buy that are supposed to be better for your kids and the environment. Is this true? I also know they tend to be more expensive. This is Julie Valise, child safety expert. Heather, there are a wide variety of products available on the market for newborns, and all of them have strict regulatory rules which prohibit the use of many chemicals in a children's product. Manufacturers must have these products certified and tested to make sure that they meet all applicable standards and regulations. Many products we knew of when we were children are still available today, but it's most likely that they have gone under many different redesigns to remove certain chemicals from the products. Organic products are made and marketed to meet the requests of many new parents, just like you. These products are often a little more expensive, but not always. So when choosing products for your child, it's just as important to look for those products that will help engage, assist, and encourage your child's development at every stage of their life. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we're talking about water births. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.